0: What do you think of when I say the word church? Maybe more specifically, what memories come to mind when I say the word church? For me, I remember back to running around as a kid in the old fellowship hall and even smacking my head on one of those big metal church chairs. I remember getting baptized the day after Christmas. I remember playing bass guitar in our worship band for the youth group. And before you ask, the answer is no. I have no intention of playing bass in our church's worship, and I'm going to stick to preaching. I remember getting ordained and becoming a pastor. You see, our memories and our experiences of church have a way of shaping our view of church, shaping what we think of church for good, but also for bad. So here's my hope. I'm hoping that the season of church that we are in right now the season of not able to go to church. I'm hoping that the memories we make now as a church will reshape what we think of church and reshape how we view church from now on. Because I'm hoping that we're realizing or maybe just being reminded that church is not something we go to. No, church is something that we are part of. And that's what the early church was. We've been looking in the book of Acts at how the early church started, but also how they interacted. Acts chapter 2, what we looked at last week, started with Peter who stood up with confidence and conviction, preached about Jesus, his death and resurrection. And we're told that 3,000 people believed and started becoming part of that first group or the church. But what did they do? Now that you had all of these people that wanted to follow Jesus and have given their lives over to him, what did they do next? What did the next day look like and the next week look like? That's what we wanna focus on this morning. But I want you to see if you can pay attention to what the church did, what that first church did. But more importantly, see if you can pay attention to the heart behind what they did. So if you've got your Bible, pick up with me in Acts chapter two, verse 42. We're told this, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Verse 46, every day, remember those words, that's important. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about those two words. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the early church started, but now we get a great picture of what the first church actually did, how they interacted with one another. But again, most importantly, the heart behind what they did. See, the church started with confidence and conviction, but we're seeing now the church is continuing with consistency and community. Those two words, consistency and community. That's what the early church did once they started. In fact, the the first two words that we read speak to consistency and community. Verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to. They speaks to community. It was more than one. It wasn't just one person. It was an entire group of people. If you think back and remember all all the words that talked about this community, they and all believers and everyone It's talking about everyone, those all believers that had one thing in common, one thing that united them and they they were unified around. Devoted, they, the community, well, what did that community do? That's the consistency part. They were devoted, and that word devoted is not intended to be a, here's one thing I did one time. Notice, it's what they did, remember those two words? Every day. They were devoted to these things and what they did every single day. They did intentional and specific things over and over and over. Consistency and community. So if that's what the early church looked like and and how they interacted and what they did, the heart behind the very first church, it's important that we look at the first church because we also want to look at our church. Now obviously how we do church is vastly different. We're told they met in temple courts, you and I were meeting online and in Facebook groups. So how we do church is very different, but the heart of our church should be the very same as the first church, that heart of consistency and community. So let's ask ourselves, let's ask our church some questions to see if we are aligned with the heart of the first church and how Jesus would call us to be as a church. Let's start with the consistency. What are we doing that is consistent? What are we consistently doing? What are we devoted to? The early church, let's go back and look, says they were devoted to, they did these things consistently. They were devoted to the apostles' teachings. In other words, they were learning. They wanted to know who Jesus was and what he was like and what it meant for them to follow him, what a disciple looked like, what that looked like every single day. Teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. Now understand that word fellowship, the original Greek word is koinonia. And koinonia has two parts to the word that you cannot separate. The first part is being around one another, just having relationships with one another. But the other part is taking care of one another. We see that in verse 44 and 45. It says, all the believers were together. together. They had everything in common with one another. But look, they sold property, possessions, and they gave to anyone who had a need. They also took care of one another. They did that consistently. Consistently, they were learning and growing. Consistently, they were... What, they were with one another and they were taking care of one another. Says that they were devoted consistently in the breaking of bread. Now for you and I, we probably think of communion and that most certainly was part of what they did regularly. Those spiritual conversations, those spiritual moments they had with one another. But it also represents just eating together. So you had conversations in the first church of what's Jesus doing in your life and here's what Jesus is teaching me. But you also had conversations like, how's it going today? So you have both sides to that with regards to the breaking of bread. And finally, consistently devoted to prayer, their prayer life every single day. What were they consistently doing? They were consistently walking with Jesus. This was not an event that they just went to one time. No, this was a change of their life, a change of lifestyle. It was a new way of life. Every single day, every single day, don't miss that, remember? Every day, this is what they did. Consistently walking with Jesus every single day. Are we doing that? Are we consistently walking with Jesus every single day? Consistency, but also community. That community, that word is common unity. It's What are we all unified around? We might have a lot of differences. We might agree on some things and disagree on other things, but what is the one thing we have in common that unites us and we are unified around? Let's ask us that question. What are we unified around? What is our common unity? For the early church, understand, they were not a a charity organization. They were not a self-help group. They were not political. They were a group of believers that had one thing in common, one common unity, and it was Jesus. Verse 47, it says that they continued, consistency, praising God. They praised God, nothing and no one else. That was the one thing they had in common. It's what united them. Is that what unites us as a church? Is our common unity Jesus? Paul speaks to what that common unity looks like in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now listen to this part. This is where that unity comes into place, that common unity. The one thing we have in common, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. Look, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's our commonality. That's what we are united and, and un, unified around. Only Jesus, that's what makes us the church. Out of everything that makes us different, the one thing we have in common, the one thing that unites us, our common unity is Jesus. I would imagine that the early church, this first church looked a lot like our church in the sense of, man, we have all kinds of different backgrounds and stories. Because remember how this started. 120 prior to the church, then Peter stands up, gives his sermon, 3,000 were added to the number that day. So you went from 120 to 3,000. And then what we just read out of Acts chapter two, the end says that, and the Lord added to their number daily. <laughs> so from 120 to 3,000 to growing every single day. we had have to imagine that this early church, this first church man, had people from all different places. They were not the same. Different homes, different locations, different jobs. There's no way they agreed on everything. But the one thing they agreed on, the one commonality they had, their one common unity, the same common unity that you and I have, is Jesus. It's our belief in Jesus and our love of Jesus. Consistency, our consistent daily walk with Jesus, our community the one thing that our entire lives are wrapped around, our entire lives revolve only around Jesus. That's the heart of the early church. If you're like me, you've probably spent some time around a a fire pit a lot like this. And as many times as I've been around a fire, there's only been a few occasions that I've sat around this fire by myself. And I'll tell you, it's no fun. (laughs) No one wants to just sit around a fire a fire pit by themselves. It wasn't intended to be used by yourself. No, what, where's the joy of the fire? The joy comes from the people that sit around this circle. It's the people you sit next to and the conversations you have, isn't it? Sometimes it's just the silence though. It's the, the laughter, but also the tears. It's the, the shared stories and memories, but also the hopes and the dreams. That is what makes this community. That's what makes this unique and special. It's the people around me, the people that sit around me. But notice, we all sit around and circle around one thing. It's a pretty cool picture of a church, isn't it? Consistency and community. Consistent in our walk with Jesus. Community, our common unity, circled around one thing. Now there's one other part to the church that I don't want you to miss. One other part that is important. It's not just the consistency, it's not just the community but it's what came out of that. It's what Jesus did in and through the church that I don't want you to miss. They made a difference, they made an impact or as we say, more life change happen. See if you can pick up on it. They sold property and gave to anyone that was in need. Not only did they meet together but they they were together with glad and sincere hearts. You can tell when somebody does or doesn't have a glad and sincere heart. Church, I'm telling you, we should be the most generous and joyful people on the planet because of the death of Jesus, but the resurrection. They had that and it was obvious people noticed that they had glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God. They had the favor of all the people. Meaning people not part of the church were thankful for the church. People that were not part of the church wanted to become part of the church. That's that last part. The Lord added to their number daily, they were growing. It was obvious that the early church, the first church had an impact that Jesus was using them for life change. So let's ask us that same question. Are we having an impact? What's our reputation as a church? How are we making a difference? How are we making an impact? Are we able to make an impact? Our doors are closed. The church building is shut. Are we still able to make a difference and make an impact in our local community? Absolutely. Mountain Lake Church, let me tell you, you are making a difference. We as a church are making an impact because it's people like you. It's people like Carla who who gathered people, who rallied people together to make mass for our healthcare workers. You are making a difference. It's people like the Strickland's who using the Facebook group of all things, raised money to provide meals. You're making a difference. It's people like Stuart, who went to someone's home who just needed some help with some yard work. You are making a difference. It's people like Hillary, that organized a thank you event at one of our local hospitals. You are making a difference. We as a church, are making a difference in our community and our little part of the world, but not just in our little part of the world. See, we're part of something so much bigger. We are part of the church around the world and we get to be part of what they are doing and we get to be part of what God is doing in and through them, the difference that they are making. In fact, a, a few weeks ago, we had the privilege to be able to financially bless several church plants across the country. And one of those church plants that we were able to bless is in New York City.
1: Hey guys, we are so excited today because we have a special surprise for a special group of amazing people. Here in New York City, just a few blocks away from us, and actually like four blocks from where we meet, uh, Samaritan's Purse, which is a relief organization, a Christian relief organization that goes all over the world in relief and disaster zones uh, to provide help and assistance, has set up a field hospital here with 60 Beds, where they're treating and caring for uh, COVID-19 patients and helping people recover uh, to serve our city, to serve yeah. the people right here like in totally. our neighborhood. The people that go in our community with our church, the people that serve us at the grocery store. It's like, this is our community. So today we are going to surprise them with coffee and French pastries That's from fine. one of our favorite neighborhood coffee spots, Frenchies and we're so excited. At the end of the day, like, our city needs help. Yep. And we need people to step up, and these people have stepped up, and they're sacrificing of their own uh, to be here. And so we're excited that as a church, we get to rally around them and provide uh, these French pastries, the coffee as an afternoon kick, and pick me up and say thank you so much for what they're doing. So Samaritan's Purse is working with Mount Sinai East, uh, which is literally like right over here. And uh, Mount Sinai East uh, predominantly serves you know, the East Harlem, Spanish Harlem neighborhood, uh, as well as kind of like the most northern parts of the Upper East Side. Uh, So this is literally right in our backyard, people who are connected to where we live, people who are connected to what we do. Uh, And so it's a privilege that they're here serving, um, and it's a privilege that we get to serve them. We just finished dropping off all the coffee and pastries to our friends at Samaritan First. Yeah, we were able to make a delivery of coffee and like 60 something pastries Mm -hmm. for all of their staff and volunteers. Uh, Some of the people in our church actually even wrote thank you cards and the kids drew pictures. And it was cool, like we were delivering them, they were so excited and they were so grateful for it. But they were like thanking us as we were trying to thank them. uh, they were super stoked about, you know, our generosity and willingness to to serve them in that way. And so we just want to say thank you to all of you who are a part of this. Yeah, thank you for giving. It is because of you guys that we can do amazing things like this. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you very, very much.
0: That was incredible of what they're doing in New York City. Mount Lake Church, we get to be part of that. And he also sent us a text, uh, and I want to read what he sent us. He said, we're providing coffee, pastries, and thank you notes every week to the Samaritan's per staff and volunteers working in the Central Park Field Hospital as a thank you. And the funds you gave to our church are helping finance this endeavor. Please let your church know that we are so grateful and appreciative. Thank you guys so much. Not like we get to be part of that. They our common unity, not just with you and I, but what we get to be part of as the church our consistency in our daily walk with Jesus, that one thing that all believers around the world, we all are unified around this one thing, Jesus. And we get to see him change lives, our lives, but also the lives of other people. One last verse I wanna read to you. Still out of Acts chapter two, but in verse 43. Don't miss this. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Did you hear that? Everyone was filled with, what was the word? Awe. They were filled with awe, not at what God did at a location or with a building. No, they were filled with awe at what God did in and through his people. And we get to be part of that. And I have to tell you, I am in awe of what God is doing in and through you. In this season where we cannot go to church, but we have to be the church and it's something we're part of. I'm in awe of what God is doing in and through you. And I hope and I pray that this pandemic, that it stirs in us our need and our desire for consistency and community. Maybe we didn't realize that before when all things were normal, when we just went to church. But now that we can't go to church, oh, I pray that we, we see that need and we feel the desire to have a consistent walk with Jesus. That is not just on a Sunday. What we're doing is important, absolutely. But this isn't it. Don't miss Monday through Saturday. That our consistent walk with Jesus would be a lifestyle change every single day. That our community that we have would be only based around one thing. Our common unity would only be Jesus. And that we would allow him to work in and through us for more life change. But don't miss, we are the church. But we is made up of a bunch of you's and me's. So if we want a church that is devoted to Jesus and circling everything around Jesus and seeing Jesus make a difference in people's lives and in the lives of our community, then that means you and me, that we need to be fully devoted to Jesus every single day of our lives. That you and I need to have our lives wrapped fully around him and only around him. And you and I need to allow Jesus to use us for more life change. Let's be in awe of what God is and is gonna continue to do through the church. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for what you have done, your death and your resurrection, but thank you for what you are currently doing. In a season of church where we cannot go to church, but we have to be the church. I pray that we never forget these memories, that we would look back on this time and say, hey, remember the time we couldn't go to church, but that it would reshape how we think of and view church that church is something we're part of, part of together. I pray that our desire for consistency and our walk with you grows. I pray that the recognition of our common unity grows, that, that we are united only around this one thing, and that's you, Jesus. May we never forget who our life should be wrapped around. I pray that you would continue to use us for more life change, not to make our name great, not so that we get any favor, but so that your name is known, that your name is greater, that more people, just like it happened in the first church, that more people would come to know you. Oh, that's our desire. May the heart of our church be the same as the heart of the very first church. In Jesus' name.